0: present, I'm sorry I haven't a clue, a panel game, and your chairman tonight, Humphrey Littleton.
1: Hello, well this is the last program in this series, so those of you who, those of you who aren't asleep will be on tenterhooks, I'm going to tell you that the two teams... Uh, this time are Joe Kendall and Graham Garden. <laughs> Kimball Taylor and John Cleese. And in this first round, I'm going to ask each team to sing the words of one song to the tune of another, starting with Joe and Graham. Will you sing the words of Yellow Submarine to the tune of... I was born under a wandering star. At home, Joe Kendall was singing the lower part then. <laughs> uh, two marks for that, I think. I don't know why. Tim and <laughs> Tim and John, uh, I want you to sing the words of things ain't what they used to be, to the tune of Oh Mine Papa. <laughs> Oh, you Feeling sorry for Lionel Bao. First bankruptcy and then this. Uh, give us one mark for uh, interpretation. This is where I uh, give the team some uh, time to think up names for the late arrivals at the Geographical Society Ball. At the very end of the program, they're going to be asked to announce these late arrivals, and uh, that's the um, the ball that you have to announce them for. The Geographical Society Ball. Right. On now to uh, a thing which is called... uh, a round which is called Daffy Definitions. In this round, I shall give each player a word which they may or may not know and ask them to define it. If their definition is anywhere near the correct one, I shall be very surprised. (laughs) Tim Brooke Taylor, yours is the first word. Or is it? And it is Gaius Cutus. Gaius Cutus? Gaius Cutus. A a Gaius Cutus
2: is um, a left-handed... Toothbrush uh, used by a little-known uh, African tribe, so little known that I, not even I've heard of them.
3: The
2: <laughs> one thing that is known about this tribe, in fact, is that they uh, have these left-handed toothbrushes for the uh, for the uh, teeth that they wear around their left hand,
3: capture
4: oh, from
2: their enemy. That is known. That's the only thing. Well, that that's extremely
4: known. doubtful, but it's better yes. known than any other fact. That is
2: probably,
1: that's probably true. That's all we've got to work on, anyway. Well. I'll give you one mark for that. Thank you. Because it is, in fact, a mythical four legged beast with legs on one side longer than on the other, to enable it to walk round the sides of steep hills. That is a... <laughs> That's another theory, but I don't understand. Guy excuses. Uh Joe, yours is the next word and it's colt pixie.
5: Oh, that's easy. There are pixies in Scotland. And when it snows, they pop out of their heather-lined burrows and say, Och, it's cold! Hence <laughs> <laughs> it their names.
1: It is uh, uh, fairly close to it. A colt pixie is a mischievous hobgoblin supposed to appear as a colt and mislead men into barks. <laughs> <laughs> It in yeah. <laughs> nice. And as a lady, you wouldn't of course know about that sort of thing. No, I wouldn't. True. We'll have to give you a consolation mark. Now then, uh, who's this, Graham? I want you to define a fern tickle.
0: Um, <laughs> well, this is, this comes from uh, old Middle English. In fact, just to the left of Middle English. Um, <laughs> tickle, <laughs> as we know, is the. Um, approximation of the digits to a susceptible portion of the anatomy and the pleasurable or otherwise sensation produced by their motion. Fern, <laughs> true, he's a All
3: doctor.
0: Right. He's a doctor. He's a doctor. Fern <laughs> comes from the Scandinavian, uh, higher Scandinavian, well, halfway up Scandinavian, <laughs> and... Uh, fern, the same route that we get the word fun, so a fern tickle is an enjoyable tickle.
1: You're going to have uh, a couple of marks there, because you're exactly halfway to the right answer. If you take a mean point between mid-England and Scandinavia, you actually come to Scotland, which is where this word comes from, and it's Scottish for a freckle. Ah. And I should say, since a, a look of disbelief has come over Graham's face, I should say that all these definitions are from Webster's Dictionary. Dictionary? <laughs> <laughs> Be careful, you might have to sing that later. Uh, and, and therefore, these are all uh, proper words, or as proper words as ever get into Webster's dictionary. Well, it all John depends on. John Cleese, your it's, word it's, is. Mr.
4: Webster, I mean, who has ever met Mr. Webster?
3: He may a practical
4: joker on the most immense scale. Here we are, accepting his bona fides without John, any evidence, John.
1: John, wipe your eyes, wipe your eyes, and listen to this. Uh, listen to this word. This is your word, Almoravid.
4: Oh yes, well I know what this is. Um, yes, I do actually, because I was in Morocco four months ago, and it's the second recognized dynasty of Moroccan kings, coming between the Almohads and the Sardians.
5: Or oh, not?
1: You might get a mark if you tell me where they live. Two two-story,
4: two-up, two-down, made of made of congealed sand and um,
1: and juice squeezed from camels. But I should buy now <laughs> if you Did tell you me that this particular dynasty lived in a fortified convent. You would have got uh, your nineteen. <laughs> got you your 19 say anything for a laugh. Won't <laughs> you? <laughs> well, we've been
3: badly
4: treated
1: having it put in my contract from now on Ah. no Webster and I'm going to tell you that the next round is limericks and your thing is there once was a person called Webster (laughs) no I'll let you off that this is is incidentally where I give each uh, (laughs) uh, team the opening line of a limerick and they must complete it and we'll start with Joan Graham and your opening line is there was a stout person from Brum (laughs) Yes, I see your game.
5: Okay. There was a stout person from Brum
0: <laughs> who lost 20 pounds off her tongue.
5: When people said, great,
0: she replied, just you wait. <laughs>
5: what I've lost from my... (laughs) thumb.
1: (laughs) We'll give you three marks for that. Tim and John, your first line coming up. A boozer who lived in Dundee.
3: Oh, a boozer
4: who lived in Dundee...
3: (laughs)
2: Decided to go on a spree. <laughs> he visited pubs where he drank out of tubs
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> until it was time for his tea.
1: the moment is eight to Joe and Graham and seven to Tim and John. And this next round is the singing relay where I give each top, each team a, a song to sing, taking alternate words. And anyone who spoils the song by singing out of turn or out of tune will be taken from this place, hung <laughs> <laughs> on and quartered, boiled in oil, and compelled to listen to a, a complete replay of this Joan Graham, your song, please, is second hand (laughs) rose. about it. Anyone can do it if (laughs) they want to. Clear round to uh, Joe and Graham. Uh, Tim and John, your song is The Ballad of Davy Crockett. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, Green estate in the land of the free Raised in the woods, so he knew every... <laughs> Look, that's very difficult, so he knew every tree. That's, as this is the last programme and you're lagging behind by one point, we'll allow you to try and regain a mark by singing it again much slower. oh. oh.
3: Born
0: on a mountain top in Tennessee. Free and stayed in the land of the free. Raised in the
4: woods, <laughs> of every tree. Killed him papa when he was only three.
3: Dave, Dave, Dave crocket, king of the wild frontier.
1: Dave Lee at the piano there, taking the law into his own hand. So the score now is 8, 9, 11 against 7, and
3: 11. <laughs>
1: it really doesn't matter who's got which. The next round is a round called Spot the Noise. This time I shall ask each player to identify for one mark a noise. Now, the way we're going to judge this, this is a sort of composite noise which has been put together by the effects department, and the players are asked to give a plausible uh, explanation for this particular noise, and they'll be judged... On the uh, strength of the applause that they get from the audience here. So Graham, first of all, here's your noise.
0: I like a nice plate glass window break. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Um, What was that, that? That was somebody doing a Le Mans start. Oh, yeah. It was Helmut Mecklenburg-Strelitz doing a Le Mans start. It's true. <laughs> a Le Mans start into his revolutionary new gas turbine car, the Formula One Mecklenburg-Strelitz special. <laughs> Revolutionary new car made entirely of glass. That was the late Helmut Mecklenburg.
1: (laughs) Right. Joe Kendall, here's your noise.
5: rural celebrations on Phil Archer's wedding night, (laughs) which consists of mincing crows in a squeaking machine and throwing Walter Gabriel headfirst into a vat of milk.
1: Timbrook Taylor, your noise now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) New musical version of Gone with the Wind.
1: you might oh, might not be coming out. <sighs>
4: off at the end I didn't hear the effect what was the I, I think it was
2: it uh, could be Webster compiling his picture <laughs> <laughs> I
4: think it's somebody the, the sort of oh, 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 oh type of thing is obviously somebody reading reading Webster
3: <laughs> Webster
4: <laughs> the well-known lexicographer and practical uh, joker um, and then as far as I can see several months pass. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, there was a,
4: uh, a sound effect of Mr. Webster's index fingers being uh, fed into a mincing machine. <laughs> and then our studio audience laughed. I didn't hear the last bit, but I think there was some cries of almost unbearable cries of pain and agony, which uh, I couldn't really hear because the audience were giggling. But that,
3: <laughs> I would say
4: probably it was about uh, 12 minutes late. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, we have a, an aggregate there of uh, 18 to uh, Graham and Joe. That's one mark per second of applause. And an aggregate of 17 to uh, Tim and John, bringing the score two. Now we go on to... Uh, calypso time. If you've noticed a certain amount of sort of padding up now in the programme, it's been to delay the moment when we come to Calypso time. <laughs> Each team uh, will be given by me a subject on which they must improvise a four-line calypso singing alternate lines. Tim and John, your subject, please. Crafts. i oh, the beginning. Oh, I went to... <clears throat>
3: Seriously,
4: warming up. Oh, I went to Crafts the other night. The
2: dog's owners, they were an incredible sight. they started to behave so much like their pets. They had to plant trees in the toilet. <laughs> I've got three
1: marks for that. Joan Graham, your subject is Entente Cordiale.
5: Her Majesty the Queen, the other day,
1: she
0: went to Paris a long way away.
5: The only question I am asking.
0: (laughs) Asking? Ah, that's easier. The only question I'm asking you is what did Monsieur Pompey <laughs> do?
1: You score four points on that, bringing uh, Joe and Graham's total to 22 and Tim and John's to 20. And we go on to the next round, which is tag wrestling. This is where I give each team the tagline of a story or anecdote. Uh, I shall start with one team who must uh, start a story, or rather they must tell the story ending in their tag. But when I press the buzzer, the story passes to the other side, who must work towards their finishing tagline so the winning team is the one which reaches their tagline first that's what it says here uh so tim and john i'll give you your tagline first to which towards which you must work here it is so it's true exclaimed aunt alice pulling on her boxing shorts with a (laughs)
3: leer
1: The iced bun was yours all along, Lady Cynthia. <laughs> and Graham, your tagline is this Come in, number three, screamed the Cardinal. <laughs> and everyone in the baker's shop went quiet. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, Paddy may never tap down again. <laughs> And we're going to start this story off with uh, Tim and John. John.
4: Well, one day, uh, walking along Hackney High Street was Lady Cynthia Thing, who was feeling very hungry. She popped into the fish and chip shop for a little rock salmon and chips, and then she uh, popped into the bakery for some iced buns and chips.
0: Did <laughs> you know this was a bakery attached to the Vatican, close to the Vatican boating pool?
2: Whopping High Cardinal Street. Cardinal
0: what? <laughs> Wapping High Street. That's the Whopping Vatican. That was not the one in Rome, you fool. They're everywhere. Anyway, Cardinal Wilson was uh, standing by the boating pool, watching the boats going past, when Paddy, who had uh, come to, to say a prayer to St. Jude, the patron saint of lost causes, um, stopped by and passed the time of day, saying, I... I'm about to push you in. <laughs> and he
2: did. Paddy drove dived in to help him, and they both drowned. (laughs) Meanwhile, Meanwhile, Lady Cynthia, who we were talking about earlier, moved into the bakery and said, what I'd like is that ice bun over there. Aunt Alice, at this moment, who was doing a little shadow boxing.
5: By a remarkable act of faith, the Cardinal and Paddy rose from the water...
4: And uh, oh, as he had to day. change his clothes, Paddy put his tap shoes on
5: <laughs> to keep his feet dry. Tap shoes on to keep your feet dry. You? <laughs> turn them on. Oh, I see you turn them off. <laughs> so
4: uh, anyway, uh, this uh, this uh, this nun said to the, the no, that's another story.
3: What about um, so Aunt Alice,
4: uh, <laughs> whose uh, recent uh, acts have hated for the memory.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, and who was, in fact, shadow-boxing and having a hell of a job keeping the shadows in the boxes because
0: once you closed them, they
4: came out. He thought, this is very strenuous work.
0: Uh, get out, said the cardinal. Now, Paddy <laughs> was, once again, cardinal, finding it very difficult to tap down because of his recent immersion in the boating leg. And um, an emergency operation was prescribed by the cardinal. Ah, they said, the only person who can This operation is out there in boat number three in the middle of the (coughs) posing lake. You probably see him from where you are. Ah, that's Aunt Alice's sister. You remember Aunt Alice?
2: (laughs) You know her. She's the famous boxing champion. (laughs) Meanwhile, (laughs) shadow boxing champion. (laughs) Meanwhile, Alice was boxing her champions. No, she wasn't. She was putting her boxes into shorts. I'm going to go blim, blim, blim. <laughs> blim, blim, blim. There, I told you so.
5: That is quite irrelevant to what the Cardinal was about to say. The Cardinal, notwithstanding oh, Aunt Alice, said, Come in, number three. So it's
4: true, exclaimed Aunt, 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 Aunt Alice. And Aunt, Aunt, Aunt Alice. Aunt Alice, pulling on her boxing shorts for the layer. the ice bum was yours all along, Lady Cynthia, at the end.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we win. We win.
1: Tim and John win that one because Joe and Graham won last time.
3: <laughs>
1: 25 to Joan Graham, 23 to Tim and John. We come to the point where uh, I ask the teams to announce the late arrivals of the Geographical Society Ball. One mark per name. Let's hear, first of all, from Graham Garden. Um, Mr and Mrs. Sten Hemisphere
0: <laughs> and their son, West. Hemisphere and his brother Eastern Hemisphere. Also, arriving
2: at the geographer's ball are, and all together please, Mr. and Mrs. Pelagos (laughs) and their son,
5: Archie Pelagos.
2: (laughs) Ah, you know him.
1: (laughs) Joe?
5: Arriving at the ball, Mr. and Mrs. Transatlantic Crossing and their dog, Ruff, transatlantic. <laughs> Something
3: happened.
4: Uh, the Australian ambassador and his wife, and their pet koala, Lumpa.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mr.
4: and Mrs. Ferris Tree, and their daughter, daughter Connie
0: Ferris Tree. Mr. and Mrs. Tory and their unmarried daughter, Virgin Terry Tory.
2: At that point, and Mr. and Mrs. Reef and their daughter Coral. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. And
4: High Leventy? Street <laughs>
2: and their step-cousin Ken. <laughs>
4: Mr. and Mrs. West Passage and their daughter, Nora West Passage. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Smountins and their son, Andy.
1: At this point... Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Mr. and
2: Mrs. <laughs> Mr. And Mrs. <laughs> Zimbalist Jr. and their son, <laughs> Iceberg. <laughs> Worth
1: a try. At this point, <laughs> it'll be going on afterwards, but at this point, uh, it's time to announce the final score that you've been waiting 13 weeks to hear. And it is William and Mary, 1,184, <laughs> Robert and Elizabeth, 308, <laughs> making Sid and Enid the overall winner. <laughs> To say goodbye on behalf of Joe Kendall and Graham Garden, Tim Brooke Taylor and John Cleese, and our musical accompanist and director, Dave Lee.
0: That was Humphrey Littleton making closing remarks on behalf of Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese. Graham Garden and Joe Kendall, Dave Lee at the piano, and producer John Castles.